0: We are a little bit more than halfway through this Premier League campaign, and West Ham are down at the bottom of the table. Oh. Also, down at the bottom of the rankings is the Peak to Early podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 12. Uh, oh. I am your host, Blake Munchell, and with me as always is the lovely Oscar Saywell. Oscar, how are you?
1: Pretty good. I didn't really realize that we're kind of a bit more than halfway through this season. Um I did obviously realize that West Ham are in the relegation zone. Um, but I'm, I'm doing good. I can walk around again on my foot, which feels nice. Congratulations. Um, a long, thank you. A long way off from playing football, but, you know, we'll get there. How are you, Blake?
0: I'm good. This is probably the one time uh, in either of our lives where I am the better footballer between the two of us. So, uh,
1: You flatter me. Mm.
0: Uh, no, for those who have never seen Oscar play, he is uh, truly a Peter Crouch esque figure, <laughs> uh, deceptively silky.
1: Hmm. Thank you. Uh, and very sweet.
2: My player comparison, I don't know. Uh. Oh, <laughs> duck out!
0: I was gonna say, imagine a high energy, low skill player.
1: No, Dirt Count. Dirt Count is a good comparison, I think.
0: All right, that's fair. Yeah. That's extremely flattering. If I flatter you, you uh, go overboard on it.
1: One, one of the most underrated players in the history of the Premier League, I think. Dirt Count.
0: I'll give it, I'm a good leader. I'm a good team Yes, captain.
1: that's true. That's true. Only, 20, uh, only 42 Dirt Count. That surprises well, he...
0: me. When he was twenty three, he already looked like he was forty two. So
1: mm. and he just he he started his career in the nineties. He must have been really young. So yeah, he was only about eighteen.
2: Yeah, just like us starting our careers exactly. in the nineties.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, Oscar, yes. as fun as our intros are, uh, mm. this has not been a season to remember for your beloved
1: <sighs> Man. It, it has not. Has not. yeah
0: another week uh another, another pretty tepid performance oh um, god yeah
1: so and... i'll keep it as brief as i can because i mean it's same old same old but not in a good way i think we, so we've got to the point now where we're being linked pretty heavily with two managers it's actually rafa benitez hell yeah and nuno espirito Santo. um and it looks, like the, it looks like the board are going to give Moyes the Everton match to save his job. And if that goes poorly, he'll be out. Um, like I've been repeating definitely since the new year, I think probably a bit before, probably since the World Cup, I think Moyes should be out already. We covered the why behind that extensively in the last pod, so go and check that out if you want to hear me talk about that. Basically, I, I pin the blame on Moyes. Um, but yeah, it was another performance uh, that, like you said, was pretty tepid against a, a resurgent Wolves. Uh, we were away from home. Uh, just can't find the back of the net. The one bright spark I would say was was Naija at uh, the back was looking good. Um, and you know, we we matched them really for for attacking output. We both had four shots on target. Uh, pretty similar XG. Pretty similar passing stats. We just seeded most of the possession. Um, and yeah, it's just it's not really working. And we're really down there now in, in a battle. And that feels pretty upsetting. Um, I think that we, we can maybe... Seeing how, seeing how the next few weeks unfold, maybe, maybe if it keeps going like this for the next few weeks, we'll have to do sort of like a West Ham special pod where you and I go over maybe the nature of this like fall from grace and and the why behind it. I would posit that it's because we are run very traditionally or we're a very old fashioned club. And I have lots of thoughts about that, which I think maybe don't fit into this podcast today, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe, maybe we'll come back next week and we'll have a new manager. Like, what do you, what do you think of our prospects right now? Be honest, hundred percent honest
0: so i will start with the match against wolves you know Mm. i thought there there wasn't really too much between the two sides and that's kind of you know what west ham have been doing they've not been losing spectacularly this isn't a plane spiraling out of the sky this is a plane slowly heading towards earth knowing it can't land um you know you're not being blown out like this isn't a you know Nottingham Forest getting turned over four0 or you know Everton losing symbolically to fellow relegation candidate Southampton um, you know this is a West Ham side that does you know relatively challenge every single week um, but there's just you know that thing lacking um, as for managers, I think Rafa Benitez is the better candidate in the short term in terms of keeping you up um, because I think he's defensively astute enough that he could, you know, Mm. set up shop and West Ham played the most horrendous football for the rest of the season, but it keeps you up in 17th place. Whereas I think Nuno would probably take you down.
1: um, You think so? Yeah. What
0: is Nuno like? Has Nuno shown that he can
1: Fight a relegation yeah. battle.
0: Fight a relegation battle?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that people, I think people, we as football fans of the Premier League have turned on Nuno maybe a bit too quickly, I and mean, he was pretty calamitous at Tottenham, but he did some really, really good work at Wolves. And, you know.
0: Right, but they weren't relegation candidates at the time. Yeah, but they you know, could that, have that been. That was the Wolves. But uh, they were, yeah, they were mean, spending you're like, right. way above right. their worth. Yeah. Um, is he currently with Al-Hidiad? God, is he? he no. Well, he's
1: I out of a, a job Uh
2: Quickly
1: perusing. Uh, it, he joined yes, oh July my god, he is. That's wild, I had no clue. Oh, we're not going to get him out of there then, probably. Well, we won't getting pay paid, a fee for him.
0: Yeah, getting paid bank.
1: Yeah, he's um, gonna. he must be paying a ton of money. Wow. So...
0: Yeah, you know, that's mine. Uh, Nuno, I think his Premier League stature is a little bit, you know, not the highest. I think he's, you know, his stock is quite low considering the end of his Wolves tenure was not great and then his Spurs tenure was quite poor. Um, Yeah. So it could, if, he joined you, you go down. Would he stay in the championship? Sure. Well, I mean, he's done it before, but. Yeah, that's I what I was saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's done it before. Why wouldn't you bet him to do it again? Um, and then, yeah, in terms of doing a future pod where we go more into depth about West Ham's issues, um, you know, I think West Ham, just looking at like the types of teams that get relegated and their, you know, prospects pr- of, making it back um, yeah. you know, in like one year. I think West Ham might really struggle because their squad is so full of quality that I think maybe nine out of your 11 starters leave um, if you get relegated. Um, yeah. So I,
1: I would, yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. The prospects are not great for West Ham in a championship season. Um, but it would probably be the biggest club in the championship that we've seen in the last 10 years. So,
2: yeah, who
1: yeah. knows?
0: Let, let's talk about West Ham another day. Uh, I don't want to start yeah. the podcast making you too sad.
1: Well, I mean, it's becoming a bit of a tradition now, but why don't we just pivot to Newcastle then and, and just start off the pod with with our two clubs and then move on to the more... Maybe the more exciting matches of the of the weekend with with all these derbies
0: Yes, um, for Newcastle, it was you know yet another uh, good result for the club. Uh, it's the fourteenth match in a row unbeaten um, in the Premier League, um, which you know is just something I could never I've never experienced that in my life. So you know, I don't even really know how to celebrate. I will not celebrate until the day after the season finishes and hopefully it finishes well. Mm. Um, the match itself um, props to Fulham. They're a very, very, very good side. Um, they are one of the only teams this season that have not, or have come to St. James's park and not set up shop. Um,
2: mm.
0: And you just hope to either hit on a counter or, yeah, Uh, do something that, you know, they tried to attack plenty, um, but they uh, failed to uh, place a single shot on goal in this entire match, I believe. Um, Their only real chance was a penalty, uh, which quite comically, a la uh, Riyad Mahrez in 2016 against Man City. I think he did the exact same thing. kicked the ball off his standing foot and uh, that's a double kick and a foul. Um, And then Newcastle went right up the other way and scored the game winner. So it was Mitro, you know, at his, you know, the club he supported from his childhood, um, a penalty, Um, his penalty conversion statistics uh, put him as like one of the worst penalty kick takers who have taken more than 10 penalty kicks in the Premier League, um, which is pretty bad. Fulham fans are, you know, pretty against him taking a penalty kick ever again. Um, And yeah, other than that, not too much. Um, Alexander Isak, you know, uh, less than four full 90 minute performances has three goals. Um, Yeah. Ends up when you pay 60 million for a striker, uh, they get you goals,
1: yeah. Um, interesting.
0: Um. Other than that, uh, Joe Linton drink driving.
1: Chick yes, he he was selected valuable. though. How was sort of saying, "Oh, I might not. I might."
0: Yeah. Uh, in terms of that, How did say he he started the match or the the Friday before the match said, "Uh, like, yeah, you know, it's a serious consideration to drop him, but uh." You know, I do have to pick the best eleven, um, and you know, with Isak, you know, not fit for ninety minutes, and you know, players like Alan Saint Maximin not fit for ninety minutes. Um, you know, we Newcastle essentially have four healthy midfielders and played all four of them uh, against Fulham. So, and now Bruno has a uh, probably a high ankle sprain, but uh, mm, okay. So- Newcastle are down to three fit midfielders, so I think I think he probably would have been dropped if Newcastle had already signed another midfielder. Um, and you know, like I'm disappointed that he wasn't dropped, but you know, I I like understand the manager's perspective of like having yeah, to pick yeah. the best team. Um, Do
2: you I
1: believe?
0: Wish... Yeah. I just wish, you, yeah. I wish that the, he had been dropped.
1: Um, do you believe his remorse? Because I think uh, he came out and his team came out sort of saying that he was incredibly upset by his actions and etc.
0: Yeah, um, I mean he is like, uh, you know, he's like talked about his struggles with depression and stuff. So,
1: Oh, really? Wow. Um
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he's and this is like a thing we've seen in the past with I'm, I'm not gonna say like this is a brazilian thing but there are players who come from less strict countries and you know well, don't really like i guess think about the law or you know are just so used to it that uh
1: um you know obviously drink driving is drink driving i want to make that clear what what state was he in when they found it Was it like a Hugo Lloris blacked out behind the wheel level, or was it like uh, he's over the limit? He shouldn't be behind the wheel.
0: It was for like speeding, um, right? And then they just breathalyzed him. Yeah, Mm. this is now Michael Antonio crashing into the front of a house.
1: Yeah, you know they they never like we still don't know what was going on with him. Like he, there's no way he was like sober, but he was never like breathalyzed. He was never. It wasn't, you know, like, there was nothing... Um, could have just been uh, pure stupidity, for all we I, know.
0: I also know that he never uh, compensated one of yeah, the Yeah, he houses. didn't. Uh, the one house, the woman who went to, I think it was the Daily Mail, he yeah. compensated her for damages, but the other yeah. house that he hit, because, you know, it was like a, a row home situation. Um, this,
1: yeah... It's a tangent, and we don't have to get into it, and I feel like it's just going to fuel your, like, the way you think I think about uh, Antonio. I think his personality is like a walking red flag. Like, if you've ever heard him on, like, uh, BBC Five Live a couple times, or just, like, based off things like that, and I don't know, I just, there's something about him where I'm just like, hmm, I don't know, like... I know how good yeah. of a dude you are.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, we, you and I love a sport where, you know, people from age 18 are getting paid millions and millions of dollars a year. Well, not
1: McAlantonio, because he's a, I was, sort okay. of a bit of a, you know, but I know what you mean, sorry. I don't mean to. Right, just, yeah. And
0: yeah. then, yeah, we're surprised when they come out to be dickheads. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, that's Joe I don't know. Maybe his court case is in the end of January. Maybe they'll drop him after the court case. I hope so. At least you know. I hope he doesn't. uh, You know. I'm hoping for at minimum, minimum a fine or something. But I would hope for a
2: suspension. Um, Yeah,
1: me too. Me too. But um, Newcastle still top of the table. Still pulling out yeah. great results.
0: Yeah, still third. Um, yeah, especially at St. James's. Um, it's just an impossible place to visit and get a positive result in. Um, okay, Oscar. Now that we've talked about the two clubs that nobody other than you and I care about, uh, where do you want to go? There is a ton of heated matches. Um. Including some of the most bitter rivalries and the least bitter rivalries that exist.
1: Yeah, um, can we start with... You know what, Blake? Can we start with the London Derby?
0: The North London Derby? Yes, the
1: North Unless London Unless you mean derby.
0: Chelsea Thank Crystal you. Palace.
1: Oh, I didn't even... Yeah, Chelsea getting away. No, let's talk about Tottenham Arsenal. Let's talk about... Yeah, let's talk about this match because it it was fairly straightforward in the end. But I think it has big implications for for these two, you know, massive rivals. Did you watch this game, Blake? I
0: watched pretty much the first, uh, I don't know, what, 30 minutes? Um, Okay. So I saw saw both goals. Um, Right.
1: You saw the pure Arsenal domination then, basically. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, I will start with uh, some texts from my recently Tottenham supporting friend, Max. Oh, uh, so he texted me after amazing. the own goal. He said, yeah. Lloris is such a fucking loser. And then said, bug-eyed freak.
1: Um, Jesus. <laughs> which, yeah. it's so, that's two-footed that. That is two-footed. <laughs>
0: But he's got the you know proper Spurs supporter. Um, he does absolute he does. classless down already. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to say other than Tottenham were just unbelievably difficult to watch. I can't imagine willingly being a Spurs supporter.
1: Ah, oh, it's a tough. It must be a tough squad to 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 support for sure. Um, tough team. I, I do have a question just speaking of Lloris for you because you did text me you know, Hugo Lloris is a shit goalie and this is I think now his fourth error leading directly to a goal this season which is statistically dreadful we know that throughout his career he's had a clanger in him or more than one and we know that he's not every manager's cup of tea but but I don't I don't think you can say that a goalkeeper with his, you know, a World Cup winner, and 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 a goalkeeper that on his day is is a brilliant shot stop, shot stopper, that he's a shit goalie. Because I mean, where would you rank him in terms of goalkeepers in the Premier League? Um, over, let's say over the last, let's say, okay, let's say over the last, I don't know, three or four seasons.
2: Uh-
0: well, okay. So that I think is a little bit like two different questions because, you know, I think okay. 2018, 2019, he was still, you know, arguably top three. Um, whereas like Allison Ederson and then a small gap and then Larisse. Mm. Um, I just think he's, you know, maybe he's a bit like De Gea, where he is compared to the rest of the league, quite a good goalkeeper. But, like, based on the expectations of a traditional top-six side, you would, like, way too many mistakes and way too many bad games. Um, mm. But also, a lot of my opinion of Lloris is based on the way he plays versus Newcastle. Kind of like my opinions on Jordan Pickford will never be changed that he's a bad goalkeeper. Cool. because. Uh, Lloris is another player who just against Newcastle. There's something that happens, and he just cannot perform. Um, you know, it, but just like in this match where he had a mistake. You know, against yeah. Newcastle, he had an absolutely horrendous mistake um, where he literally stopped playing. Um, which yeah, is, yeah, he did. You know, what we talk about. You know, like when I'm teaching my eight-year-old cousin how to play football. Uh, is Never you stop, you gotta yeah. keep playing until I tell you to stop.
1: Play to the whistle. Yeah.
0: Um so where do I rank him this season? I don't know. He's probably he's better than like Danny Ward. Um, yeah. although Danny Ward has put in some good performances. He has
1: <laughs> actually weirdly yeah.
0: Um I was just trying to think of a goalkeeper. Travers from Burnmouth.
1: Um,
0: uh, you know like uh, Loris's you know, obviously better than him, but um, I just think he's like a you know, good shot stopper. Um, If you're peppering him with goals, he's going to make a lot of good saves, but you know, also can just put in nightmare performances. Um, So I don't know. Of the last four years, he's probably still a top five goalkeeper, but of the last year... Like starting January first, twenty twenty two, yeah, probably a top fifteen goalkeeper.
2: Okay, All right. Well, Which, um, so yeah,
0: you know, that's still there's what thirty goalkeepers who get a decent number of matches in a Premier League season. Um, so he's yeah. probably still top half, but yeah, top well, that half makes for it, Spurs. Yeah,
1: makes it clearer for me. That makes sense. I, I can get on board with that. Um. You know, as for the game, sort of drawing it back to that, Martin Odegaard scoring a, a good goal as he's wont to do this season um, for, for Arsenal just before half-time, like you mentioned, um, which capped off a performance that Paul Merson called, I think, uh, the worst derby performance I've ever seen, which, of course, he'd yeah. say that because it's Paul Merson. But still, you know, it, the Tottenham were very bad, as they have been incredibly bad in, in most 1st half. Uh, so far this season, second half was a different story. Um, I mean, they failed to the score. They they lost the game, obviously, but, you know, and the in the end, they actually ended up having a higher XG, uh, you know, uh, better better quality of chances than Arsenal uh, based off their performance in the second half. They came out roaring um, and, and the Spurs supporters, to their credit, which I don't love giving them, actually got behind the team. I don't know why they're still behind this team because I think we've got to focus our attention on Antonio Conte. The man doesn't want to be at Spurs. Like It's just so clear to me that he cannot be bothered. He thinks he's above this. Um, and I think a, a question I have for you about Conte, Blake, is
2: are we seeing a manager who has just lost
1: his status as a top-tier coach? Is it is it something like, you know, we with players, we're pretty comfortable with this notion of, okay, like a player can be very good for six years, seven years, and then falls off a cliff. But we don't really apply that same logic as much to managers. Is this something we're seeing with Conte right now? Or is it just like, he thinks he's better than Spurs and so he's not really trying?
2: Uh. Well, so
0: I think there's like uh, a thousand different things I could say here. I'll start with in the previous 10 years, Antonio Conte is either the greatest winning manager or the second greatest winning manager based on what you put your, like where, what you rank in terms of success. Um, Like I think it's Conte or Zidane as, are the two names that pretty much everyone would put in their top three in terms of winning managers in the 2010s. Mm. Uh, And then he goes to the club probably most famous, potentially most famous in the world, definitely most famous in England for not winning trophies. Um, So you've got the serial winner joining, the serial loser um, in probably what was like a self challenge or you know you can call it an experiment um but um you know i think either he has realized that uh spurs are not what he thought he was joining um you know he's like constantly you know at odds with you know the ownership and the board and the players and you know, the media and the fans, he's, you know, against everybody. Um, or two, he's lost his edge because he's won everywhere he's gone. And, you know, now yeah. that he's not winning, he's, you know, struggling.
2: Um, he, uh, yeah, I think I would more bet that it's the second.
0: Um, okay. That, you know, just success forever you know leads you to not adapt maybe but it's a very short stint of failure um so i'm a little hesitant to say so Uh, but i think he definitely like leaves in the summer or gets you know he's one of those like mid-april sackings um
1: yeah yeah Uh, i can see that happening my thoughts uh I I, I I will I would settle on he thinks he's better than Spurs. Not necessarily that he's lost all his coaching ability, um, because I'm not sure how much I believe that with managers who are clearly not adverse to um, bringing on board new ideas and uh, you know innovating, which. You know, up until I would say maybe this season, Conte has shown that he's capable and comfortable of doing and comfortable with doing. Um, But yeah, I just sort of wanted to call him out because I think that he's not really showing up for the for that club right now. And you know, I mean, it was all going so well at the beginning, and I think even I might have mentioned on on a pod, you know, back in let's say September, I was like, well, you know, maybe Harry Kane will will be thinking I'll I'll stay you know, stay here now and and break that sure record and, and you know, maybe actually feasibly win some something with Tottenham, but he'll be gone by the end of the season. I don't know, maybe if if Eric Ten Hag fancies him at, at United or something, do you know what I mean? Um, so uh, it's it's not looking great for Tottenham once again.
0: Yeah. Um, as you know, it tends to do. Um. Yeah, I as for Kane, you know, I hope Conte stays at Tottenham so that Kane doesn't break Shearer's record. Um, but yeah, I. So this summer will mark there will be one year left on Kane's deal, right? That I Meg think I believe in, so. Yes, yeah, twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. Um. Yeah. You have to imagine, you know, that's when players, like top tier players move because they're cheaper. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I just wonder like how, me. I guess his legacy
0: by the casual fan is not cemented, but I don't know. I see like all the time, you know, people already ranking Kane, like, above Shearer, um, which to yeah, me that's is farcical, But I suppose to, you know, this more accessible world of football, people have only seen Kane. Um, so, you know,
1: yeah, maybe, he, maybe he's,
0: like, obsessed with staying in England um, for that purpose. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, moving to... Real Madrid would cement his legacy way better than just breaking Shearer's record. Um, yeah. 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 You know, like Beckham, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um, wow. That's true. Yeah, it's so rare true. that, yeah. Beckham, you know, despite having a phenomenal career, if you ask a ton of people, they'll say he's like the greatest Englishman of all time. Um, when I don't believe that, but. Um, surely playing for Manchester United and Real Madrid and, you know, the, like, more talented England squads. You know, I think, yeah. I think moving abroad is the best bet for his future. Um, But,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Spurs in the mud, love to see it. They're still in fifth, uh, so... Uh, It can't be be that bad. Um, Let's move down the table a little bit. Um, Let's talk about Chelsea Um, and the unbelievable amount of money they've spent to try to dig themselves out of this hole. Uh, 88 million pounds spent on Mudrik. Crazy. Um, Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about transfers later. But... It's kinda of hard to imagine Chelsea not dragging themselves up the table. Um, even if they still play You think so? Mm. It okay. it just has to, right? You know, you're gonna throw so much. Money yeah, the wall,
1: money, it's money talks in the end and like we said, I mean Potter's a good coach, so Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I saw a pretty hilarious op ed talking about how uh, Chelsea need to give grand potter two to three years to implement his style at chelsea uh and you know that's just laughable like that two to three years of waiting time works at a club like Brighton because of who they were and where they were uh if you're spending hundreds and hundreds of millions every single transfer window you yeah. do not get the luxury of two to three years of waiting time
1: no no yeah, um, you're right you're right
0: Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. It was a pretty drab match. I mean, shit players that Chelsea bought for $100 You know, get it over the line for them eventually. But uh, yeah, uh, also down the table, uh, it was Brighton 3, Liverpool 0 in a match of absolute Brighton domination. Crazy, Um, yeah. Kyra Matoma continues. What a player. Yeah, he's going to go to Manchester United for... Like you think so? Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, he's a cool player. Um, he is. And uh, yeah, Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp saying this is not just the worst match in Liverpool's history, the worst match of any football match ever, um, which is hilarious considering he beat another team nine zero this year. Um,
1: yeah. So he's uh, he's just come he's out and that. said that he's not leaving Liverpool until. Someone tells them to. So,
0: do you think that's like a call out, like a, a challenge or a?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 am getting to the point where I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if maybe, maybe some, you know, maybe it, the time it has run out for the open pop. Um, and I think that feels really weird to say, and maybe that's just like a lot of you know just bs because of how many years of dominance they've had and and how great he is but I think what I keep coming back to is that Dortmund side and how it seemed that like it was a lost cause in the end with that Dortmund side and I think that if the same happens with at Liverpool then the the ramifications are even worse and so I'm not sure if we've seen Klopp be able to completely overhaul a team that was in in his image, um, because obviously he did it when he f- first came into Liverpool. But I mean, that sort of I mean, it counts, but it doesn't count at the same time because that's just the natural progression of any manager who comes in and becomes a success. But like he clearly is having a hard time moving on from uh, you know a certain personnel and a certain system, um, and so. Yeah, I I don't know if that's just sort of like a bit of a, a, a signaling thing. But if, say, they finish, I don't know. I was going to say if they finish 7th or 8th, like if I'm Klopp, I'd walk. But that would be such a sad way for him to go, and I, I don't think he ever would. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see Klopp going anywhere anytime soon. Um, unless Unless he's fired, to be honest.
0: Um, um, do you read anything into Liverpool bringing on a player like Ben Doak um, mm. in a match like this? I think he was brought on when it was still 2 0. Um, do you think that's a, you know, like Klopp has said, you know, give me more, more players, investment. even though he, yeah. you know, spends 100 million on an attacker. Um, yeah. And then yeah. Brings on Ben Doak, I think Ben Doak played
1: like a six right I mean and that's what they desperately need I mean that's what the the number six position is is the most highly sought after position in world football right now and I think it's very hard to buy a six I mean this is why the best thing that West Ham could do this summer is set up a bidding war for Declan Rice um, yeah I mean really it is Liverpool need investment in that midfield but I don't know what that investment looks like because they can't play with the big boys in money wise and, and the club is up for sale, essentially. So what, what is investment going to look like, especially in a January transfer window? You know, do you try and take a punt on Tielemans or uh, it doesn't feel great to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's possible. It's possible that that was him sort of saying, you know, I need this. But at the same time, I, I, don't, I don't see Klopp as necessarily sort of like that Mourinho-Conte type. Uh, in terms of, you know, signaling to his board that he needs more players. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like maybe hinting, but I don't think it's like a, you know, overhanded statement. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Brighton or Liverpool?
1: Um, You know... I I wanna I wanna do a let's wait and see for Brighton, but if the Chubby can fix that, you know, that that oh his sides concede like four goals, you know sort of thing while scoring five goals, um that has dogged his career a bit and become more like a, a yeah like a shut out team who who continues putting up good goal-scoring numbers, um, we could be seeing just like a, a season for, for the ages. You know, Brighton could climb easily into, into the Europa League if they continue on like this. So, yeah, I definitely watch that space. As for Liverpool, I don't know. Because they've never been... You know, maybe there's one season out of the last five where I've thought they can go on a Manchester City-esque win 12 games in a row kind of thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's looking almost like a write off this season already. Um, and at this point, if I was Klopp, I I'd just try and be figuring out a solid plan for next season, um, to bounce back and then maybe just like take, take the Europa League this season or something, because top four is looking increasingly unlikely.
2: Very fair. Um, yeah. Um, Moving
0: on, uh, let's hit another derby, Um, the Manchester derby. Um, The worst of derbies to watch, Um, especially this one, especially frustrating. Um, One, because, well, okay. First, I suppose I should be happy personally because Man City losing is good for Newcastle. However, I hate Manchester United way more than I hate Manchester City.
1: Wow, um, okay, 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 okay. Even with that ownership? Uh,
0: yeah, I hate, you know, I hate Manchester United because they dominated my childhood um, and, you know, are historically rivals with Newcastle and, you know, have cunty American fans and, uh, you know, all the above reasons to hate Manchester United. I know one person who likes Manchester City in real life um, and he watches maybe one match per year. Um, so it, I just have nowhere near as much contact with Manchester City as I do Manchester United. Um, the, do we want to talk about Bruno Fernandes and the offsides slash no offsides?
1: Yeah, this one, Blake, is... When, so I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to watch this live um, and, you know, when I, when I saw, when I opened up Twitter, right, and just saw everyone talking about this, I was like, oh, okay, I've got to see this. And so I, I went and I just, I, I watched through the whole, the whole extended highlights. And when I got to this, I honestly, I was just like, that's just, pain. like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand, I fundamentally don't understand how the law can be interpreted to say that Rashford is not interfering with play in this, in this situation. And for those who haven't seen it, the situation is, a, 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 you know, a classic, you know, through ball is, is put through, it's threaded through, and, you know, you've got three Man United players attacking the, you know, attacking the space in City's opposition uh, half. And Rashford is, you know, two, two, three yards offside as he's making this run, clearly offside. That, you know, that's not being disputed. And the ball is angling toward an onside Bruno Fernandes. So you've got the City players chasing after this ball. that's angling toward Bruno Fernandes who's bearing down on goal. And you've got Marcus Rashford literally inches away from this ball as it's angling toward Bruno Fernandes. And he's he's shield. He's essentially, from my interpretation, he's essentially shielding this ball from city defenders getting at it, while the whole time not touching it. And it's angling, it's angling, it's angling toward Bruno Fernandes, who then smacks it into the net. You know, they they celebrate briefly. Flags raised for offside. Fernandes loses his mind, but he always loses his mind. And eventually, it's overturned, and it's the goal is given. Um, but I. I just the reasoning checks out that that Rashford was not interfering with this because if I was, I think that is justifiably outrageous. Like I'd be outraged if I was city.
0: I fully agree. i the only party that I've seen defend this goal is by you know Manchester United supporting uh, CBS. I think it's yeah, CBS is. Um, Whatever their soccer slash football arm is called, um, you you know, rules expert who is a Manchester United supporter, so they shouldn't have had her on in the first place. Um, Talking about how simply because he doesn't touch it um, and that he was clearly coming from an offsides position, that Manchester City players should have known that he's not going to interfere with play, which is, you know, baffling logic, but. Um, yeah, I I can't really even figure out how the, you know, I guess this is VAR because it's called offsides on the pitch and then VAR overturns it to be a goal, um, which is, you know, talking about VAR and clear and obvious errors and whatnot. I just don't, it's hard to justify what VAR could think was happening on this play because it's quite literally in almost every (laughs) definition of the term interfering with play. So, um, it sucks. It feels a lot like match fixing. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not going to say that it's match fixing, but yeah, yeah, There's a lot of money in this sport, and the Premier League does do a lot better when there are competitive Manchester derbies. So, um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, you know, it it feels it's like so easy to put this on a conspiracy. Um, But let me reiterate: I am not a conspiracy theorist.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you can say oh, I don't know because I mean, VAR is is now you know they're they in Stockley Park, they're they're miles and miles away from from the atmosphere. Uh, you can possibly talk about legitimately, like you know, it's you, when you're at Old Trafford, you're going to get influenced even passively by the occasion, the the crowd, etc. It's the same thing that happens at Anfield. The same thing happens at Stamford Bridge. I, mean, I think it's not a conspiracy to say, you know, those things, but yeah, I, I, it was a big deal and I was surprised that, that Pep Guardiola didn't make an even bigger deal out of it because because United got away with one. United were, were very, very good and I, they certainly didn't deserve to lose the game or anything, but I think probably the fair outcome would be a draw. I think they were pretty well matched. Um, these two sides in that in that game, so yeah uh, it's a strange one, but I have to say that I was personally quite pleased when I saw that city had lost because Blake um, I think this sets up a much more interesting title race, and I think my teams now for the title are Arsenal United and city and i I, I honestly think that united in this form i i don't I, Eric Ten Hag is just such a good coach that I, I really don't see them faltering or at least don't see them going back to, to, to the, the beginning of the season or the last 18 months of this calamitous sour dressing room that's clearly affecting the play on the pitch. Um, and I think that that is enough to be in a title race this season because of what's happening to Chelsea and because of what's happening to Liverpool. Um, and so I'm very excited for the Arsenal-Man United matchup. And I think we'll see a resurgent, dominant City make a steamroll for the title, you know, winning 15 games in a row at the end of the season. Um, so I'm, I'm quite excited. And I, I'm really hoping that we have someone else other than City and Liverpool win it because it hasn't happened, obviously, since Conte's Chelsea. And that is boring. So despite the fact that it's Arsenal, Man U in the mix, um, I'm quite excited.
0: Yeah, I, I followed some of that, but I have to disagree with quite a few points you said. Okay. Um, united have always had, you know, a very united uh, locker room, um, and I'm confused why you're saying Eric ten Hogg, when Eddie Howe is the manager of United. Um, there's only <laughs> one. Uh, ah, and please, you always do this yeah, to me. Please refer to them as Manchester United. I'm sorry, um, Blake,
1: I can't, I can't do it. It's just, it's the default in in England. better or for worse for much worse i'm trying for definitely for worse i'm trying trying just keep calling me out Um,
0: (laughs) yes um yeah sure it'd be lovely to see someone other than city or liverpool um win it um i it's uh, manchester united and arsenal are very close to each other in my heart um same with liverpool and chelsea you know just Everyone I know in the US is a supporter of one of those four clubs. Um, and I guess now I have to throw Tottenham in there because of Max. But, uh, you know, mm. I would just, it would kill me, especially for Arsenal. You know, Arsenal fans are some of the dumbest dudes out there.
1: Um, oh, they absolutely are.
0: Yeah. Um, I, God, I pray. <laughs> I pray <laughs> um, that they don't <laughs> win it. I, you know, I hope. Uh, but, you know, you, I you'd rather play, man you. No, I'd rather one. Arsenal.
2: I'd rather Arsenal. Yeah, same.
0: same. Um. Yeah, I I would rather Man City win over Manchester oh, United.
1: Seriously, God, I can't, I can't with them anymore. I'm bored to tears. I I think I think the biggest thing for me now is that there are on on both these teams, Arsenal and Man U, there are like you Man U have got Rashford, and Arsenal have got like Bukayo Saka, and I think that that influences me now as an England fan where I'm like, I just genuinely like these players, so the the silver lining would be, well, at least they're happy. You know what I mean? That's how I'm coping with it, I think.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I know it's painful. It's painful.
0: It's so painful.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What else
0: can we talk about? Um,
1: Yeah, um, Quite a bit. Uh, they there. Yeah, we're running Southampton, Everton. We should probably
0: uh, touch on now. Hold on, let me let me. We're gonna rewind. We're gonna talk Arsenal, Tottenham again.
1: Um, okay. Post-match,
0: okay. You know, final whistle. The scenes.
1: Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah.
0: Talk to me your opinions on Granite Shaka and your opinions on the like seventeen year old Tottenham fan.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that. Granit Xhaka is Granite Xhaka, and he he needs to work on the way he emotes, clearly. I mean, it's just, like, pretty silly. Um, he was staring down the back. He was about to get himself banned for, like, uh, six months. But he would have done something absolutely insane if Arteta hadn't made a beeline for him and dragged him away, um, which I think shows, again some savviness from... from... Well, I think actually what it shows is how well Arteta knows his team now. Um, And, you know, a can be a liability. Um, It's it's silly. Um, As for the whole Ramsdale situation, very, very unsavory. I I actually think that... I actually think that the Tottenham players uh, did a good job to keep their heads in all of this um, just because of the way that Ramsdale's riling them up, and and then, you know, it's it can get really messy, really fast. If if Ramsdale, I don't know, I turned around and tried to have an altercation with some that Tottenham fan or other Tottenham fans, and then what are the Tottenham players going to do? And it all it all can go very wrong, very fast. Um, yeah, that's a failure of security to to let anyone close to a player. Um, and players have the right to be safe in their place of work, and so. You know, regardless of of how much of a shithouse house Aaron Ramsdale is, um he shouldn't be subject to that and it's unsavory. It really is.
0: Yeah. Um I mean stewards, you know, in England and around the world are you know, they're kinda like TSA, you know. They're a visual deterrent more than an actual security force. Um pretty much everywhere you know like even in the u.s where you know tickets are you know way more expensive so you know typically the type of people who can afford to go to a game here in the u.s are you know people who are spending an ungodly like uh the tickets of where that kid was sitting um in the spurs stadium that ticket would cost you know thousands of dollars here in the u.s um and the, t- well, actually, I guess the type of person spending a thousand bucks on a court side or field side ticket is pretty likely to <laughs> take a swing at a player here in the US. But, uh, you know, th- these, you know, stewards, they're not, they're not well-equipped to succeed in most scenarios. Um, I think of, you know, the pitch invasions of like, you know, the end of last season. Um, I don't even remember who it was. It was the forest when they confirmed their promotion and the stewards are like not even touching hands, forming a wall. Um, and so people are just ducking under their arms. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. It, 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 something like this is bound to happen. And, you know, like post lockdown, um, you know, basket case situations and stuff like that. Um, yeah um i think richarlison potentially deserves some sort of discipline um for his like very strange behavior um that's kind of who richarlison is you know he's a dad um but yeah you know i'm glad to see you know as far as i can tell no contact was actually made um which is good um but uh yeah you know lifetime ban um I'm not sure. In the U.S., it's like a thirty k that a thirty thirty thousand dollar fine um,
2: for you know stuff like that. So um, yeah, he, if that kid was in the U.S., he'd be
0: screwed even more. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's it from that match. I just wanted to. Oh, and another thing I wanted to touch on that I forgot that. While we were talking about the match itself, Brighton, Liverpool, uh, Danny Welbeck, you know, I'm a big enough man to eat my own words. Danny Welbeck. love him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's all right. Um,
2: he's
1: great. Yeah. He is great. what he is, and he's great. Yeah. Love it.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, for his role, he's a, you know, great player. Um,
1: yeah, he is. What a, what a goal.
0: Um, yeah, what a goal. Yeah, yeah. the sombrero, beautiful. Um, so I wanted to transition from sort of the you new know, bad taste in the mouth of the full-time scenes Tottenham Arsenal to, uh, the also bad tasting scenes around Everton football club, um, which has seen a quite a, it's like a, um, like a Hydra, you know, there's like eight ugly heads that are being reared. Um, from mm. death threats and um, you know supporters, you know, finding players leaving the stadium and surrounding their car and yelling at them, and you know all this ugly stuff. Um, yeah, it's pretty shameful. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the sympathy that Everton have garnered um, at their like, you know last yeah. gasp survival at the end of last season. Um pretty much I think it's evaporated. I think a lot of people are rooting for yeah, them to could. go down just because the fan base. Because of the there.
1: scenes, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would love to see Everton go down. Um but uh yeah. That's
0: it. Um I don't have any other matches to talk about unless you wanted to talk about one of these. Um, other ones. Ivan Tony continuing to score
1: yeah and when the hell is he gonna money. get banned that's right, yeah. um, yeah, no, I'm
0: because he's putting money down on it
1: probably um yeah it's all gone quiet in the news too like i don't i guess maybe is it because it's ongoing now and the laws in the uk so you can't you can't talk about ongoing cases or whatever
0: that sucks that's so stupid
1: um well you can but there's you know there's there's yeah. strict rules about it. Um, you know, you know. I think I'm good. I think we've we've talked extensively about about the matches this weekend, and, and it was a good match day. Um, you know, agreed. Villa, Villa. You know, briefly, Villa beating Leeds two-one. Um, Patrick Bamford scoring a consolation for them. Um, Villa actually playing Emi Buendia and dropping Felipe Coutinho. You know, it looks like they're on the up, and they'll finish comfortably mid table and build from there. Forrest winning again against an abject. Leicester City, Brendan Johnson on the double. It's great for them. Um, so yeah, good match day, and and bring on bring on the next one. We've got the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea. That's going to be fascinating. West Ham, Everton is a crazy match. Um, Arsenal United is a great match. Um, so the Premier League's looking good right now. Blake, gotta say. Um, yeah. But you wanted to talk. Wrap it up with some with some transfer chat. I think you wanted.
0: Yeah. Um... As much as we can. Um, I want a few
1: names here that are interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, just some vague um, categories like uh, either both signings and rumors that we really like, that we really don't like, um, are just weird or confusing or right player, wrong team, or just any transfer opinions as we're about halfway through. I guess we're actually we're more than halfway through the
2: uh, yeah.
1: transfer window as well. Um, I got a few names here. I mean, we touched on Mudrick. This one I'm pretty fascinated by. I think he would have been a good signing for Arsenal. I don't understand Chelsea. I mean, he's going to Chelsea. Yes, it's an established club, and yes, you know, like you say, rich clubs can't really die. Um, you know, so I'm sure they'll bounce back. But he's an unknown to me. I've never seen him play. I've never caught him in the Champions League. Um I do like that Shakhtar Donetsk is donating 25 million to the war effort, which is, you know, it's cool. I mean, no, you, you wouldn't do anything else, I don't think, as a Ukrainian president of Shakhtar Donetsk, I'm sure. Um, so that's kind of like a, a nice thing that's come out of, of that. Um I, I don't know. This is, a random, it, this is not a Graham Potter signing, so it's Todd Bowley being like, I want Mikhailo Mudrik, so I'm going to get him. Strange. Um, I, ho- I sort of hope he'll be exciting. That's a Christian Pulisic uh, replacement, and frankly, I, it's incredibly distasteful to me that £100 million worth of player is going to be probably sitting on the bench, uh, but I suppose that's what you need to, to compete in the Premier League right now. I want to shout out against Wolves. I'm sorry, against yeah, against Wolves. I looked up and I saw Mario Lamina playing for Wolves. What? Um, he's had a great couple of seasons at Nice after bouncing around a little bit. He was good for Fulham in that season that they got relegated a few years ago. He was on loan. He was at Galatasaray. Um, you know, a very solid player for Southampton back in the day. Still not that old. He looked very assured at Wolves so that's clearly a Lopetegui signing um, and you know he's going to be a good squad sort of player for them um, looking pretty smooth against us Mount went over the line for Man U. sure I don't he's a strange man um, you trust Ten Hag I guess Joao Felix we, we, we touched on a little bit um, I think did we touch on a little bit or did he make his debut midweek um but anyway, he went to Chelsea. Uh, those, those, are my, those are my, you know, standouts. And then there's a guy called Jorginho Ruta, um, who bizarrely is a France youth international, who's just moved to Leeds, uh, scored 11 goals in the Bundesliga this season, I think for Hoffenheim. Um, so maybe that will help Leeds stay up this season. And then I wanted to throw in, before I stop talking, uh, just in the spirit of the peak to early pod, Aaron Connolly. Uh, moving on loan to Hull after yep. an absolutely failed uh, half-season at, I believe, Venezia in the second tier of Italian football. A former wonder kid um, who has had a really hard time with it in the past two or three seasons. So maybe he'll get his career back on track at Hull.
0: Yeah, imagine getting recalled from Venezia, you know, one of Crazy. the... You know, most beautiful stadium, beautiful places ever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then going and to Hull
0: to Hull, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, I've actually heard that the people who live in Hull quite love living in Hull. Um, so you know, I guess maybe he can uh, learn to love it like they do. Um, yes, um, I have a couple that I like as well Aston Villa signing Jean Durand. uh, who I believe is now the second largest MLS sale ever. Um, very talented. Yes. Maker.
1: Interesting. Still, yeah. Still
0: a big man. Kind of like you. Um, hmm. He, uh, yeah, you know, I think he's going to do well. Um, I think it's just very interesting. Um, yeah. You know, just very interesting. Um. Brentford have signed one of my favorite players to watch, Kevin Shada, from Freiburg. Ah, uh, yes. Is this guy. One of the fastest players on the globe. Uh, he is... Really? Uh, yeah, he is, he is 6'3", I think. Absolutely rapid, built like a truck. Um, very Adama esque um, Interesting. I think he'll be very interesting to watch. Um then there was also for a signing that i don't like or i think that's funny is david fafana in at chelsea from milda looks like chelsea will get in trouble for that um yeah i saw this one too, Yeah. yes um,
1: yes
0: love to see them get punished and also a weird decision to bring in joao felix um
1: Strange. That's Although it. apparently he was oh. very good in that game before he got sent off.
0: But he was okay. I think people are. No, I back.
1: No, you good. think people are hyping it? He was good. He was yeah, good for a debut. For a debut, for, with one training session, it's pretty good.
0: But people, people are saying he was amazing because he had a nutmeg, um, and it was a That's filthy true. nutmeg, to be fair. But uh, you know, I think he could have done better with the pass that was right after it. Um. I think I think it's That's weird, true. and I don't like it, and I don't think he'll do well. Um, I just okay. don't rate Joao Felix very highly. Yeah. Another yeah. weird one, um, Jack Butland joining Crystal Palace. Um,
1: no, joining Man um,
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. Leaving Crystal yeah. Palace, joining Man U on loan. On loan, yeah, is he has a weird replace one. replace Martin Dubrovka, who requested to be recalled by Newcastle. Um, and I think Jack Butland will serve the Dubrovka role. Um, but, yeah. um, you know, probably maybe the poster child for the Peak to Early podcast in Jack Butland. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Something that breaks my heart, Everton releasing Solomon Rondon. Um, I just love him.
1: Uh, oh, wow. I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, they termined, mutual termination of the contract, which sure. means it wasn't mutual. But um, what an he just,
1: overhyped player!
0: Oh, but he was so good for Newcastle. He was, <laughs> he was, he was.
1: He was. Um,
0: other signings, there was a couple. Um, it was, let me look through my list. Veghorst, um, weird. Um, strange to see a player on loan from. Burnley,
1: yeah, weird one, super weird one.
0: Yeah, super strange. Um, Mislav Orsic. Um, yeah, it's Southampton. Moved to the Premier League, maybe two to three years too late. Um, too late, yeah. But uh, I think he's he has the potential to do something good at Southampton. Um, mm. And uh, well, I'm
1: interested to see. Uh, I'm interested to see. What Southampton, you know, is this? A, it looks like it might be a resurgence in Southampton, which is terrible news for West Ham, but you know, it is an interesting thing to witness. Great, great, yeah. two great performances last time, out, yeah. you know, last two times out. So,
0: um, yeah, and then, um, some other things that I hate, um, the uh, pr- pretty much all of the uh, the Lorient squad. Um, potentially getting raided um, because they're having yeah. a year. Incredible um, season, yeah. Mofi being linked to West Ham. I don't know how much is in that, but it looks like Dungo No, I not getting anyone in. Burkina Faso, winger, will be going to Burnmouth, um, which is sad because he's very talented. Um, then also things I hate. Hakeem Ziyech being linked to Newcastle. It'd be a horrendous signing for Newcastle, but I don't
1: think... Yeah, and he's been good for Chelsea in recent weeks, actually, so looks like Potter might want to sort of keep him around.
0: I think he's a bit of a... a bit of a luxury player. Um, mm. I don't think he'd be good for a team like Newcastle. Mm. Um, Anthony Alanga, I like a lot of the links. To Dortmund? To the, um, yeah, you sent that one to me.
1: I want him to go to Dortmund so bad. What a great signing that would be.
0: I would like him to go to Dortmund on a permanent, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think it'll be on loan, which will be sad. Um, Mm. And then who are the other ones? Um, Pretty much every Dutch player being linked to Manchester United. um, I think like super, uh, super weak.
1: Yeah. What, What do you think of Leandro Trossard to Arsenal? Rumors.
0: I think good for Trossard. Um, I think not good it'd for be a not. weird... Where, where, I don't really know. Trossard would like be the...
1: Well, he'd be the fact that they couldn't get Mudric, right? It would be like a, whatever role Mudric was going to play. Trossard will take up their mantle. I'm sad about how this fallout has happened, but it's got really sour. And he, said, he was having an incredible season, too, and he was just looking brilliant. So... That, that is a bit, yeah, a bit rubbish to me.
0: Um. Also linked to Arsenal is one Declan Rice. I don't know how much is in yeah, that. He's
1: imagine. not going in January, but, but he will in the next summer. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's what I was.
1: Uh... For Rice, it's now, I think the fascinating thing. So, so we have to make a bidding war for him. I think City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manu, and Liverpool will all be in for him. Um, they all need him. Um, and so he really has his pick and yeah, I don't know where he'll go, but, but it'll be one of those clubs for sure.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: that's pretty much it. I can I don't have too many others. Um, mm-hmm. do you have any signings that like, there aren't rumors of yet, but you think would be a really good move for a player?
1: That's a great question. Um, I'm not super hot on January signings, um, so possibly, honestly, possibly not. Blake. I don't, I don't know if I have anyone that I can think of off the top of my head. If I, if I had some time to think about it, maybe. But, but right now, no. Right now, no. I what about I have you? For
0: the last two years, Ben burton Diaz to West Ham. Ah. It makes a ton yeah stuff.
1: yeah yeah it does it does probably make sense um well, although,
0: you know, he is like living his best life so he's
1: doing great and i think i kind of want diaz ben and diaz to go abroad you know yeah now that he's like imagine delaying, imagine you know? him in like liga mx how sick that would be i mean yeah. that would just be so cool oh uh, yeah but it's uh, january just january just sucks so I'm not sure, but I mean, like, someone taking a like noni nonni to Newcastle or something. Like, I think that would be quite exciting. Or is it? Or is
0: it Maduake or Majuka?
1: Is it Majuka?: I thought it was. Madueke. I thought it was like
0: a like a soft D. But damn,
1: that's but crazy if I've been I've pronouncing never... it that long. I think I've heard it Maduweke before, but also don't quote me on that. Um, okay, but... The
0: English are infamous for, uh, you know, mispronouncing players' names.
1: Alan sent maximum to Arsenal.
0: Ugh. Ugh. Good, Ugh.
1: good for both. Good for both parties. No.
0: Oh, I would have a heart attack.
1: But he's right. done for you. He's not playing for you anymore, right? Like, fans... just
0: because he's injured.
1: Oh, is it just injured still?
0: Yeah, he's still coming okay. back from injury.
1: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
0: So only he's 25
1: still. Yeah, I, I I'm a bit worried about ASM. I think I think Newcastle have outgrown him.
2: Um so...
0: I disagree. I think he's still a very important player. If not for his on-the-pitch contributions, you know, which are obviously diminishing because we're a much better team. So just simply a smaller percentage is. A smaller percentage of our goals come through St. Maximin now compared to one year ago. However, he's super important in the dressing room. He's mm. easily the most popular player amongst the squad. Um, funny enough, Alexander Isak is probably number two um, already. Yeah,
1: he's played four games.
0: He's he and Bruno, you know, are battling out for number two. Um, Interesting. Uh, but you know Newcastle have a very good squad cohesion and stuff. So, um, yeah. the I think Alan Saint-Maximin will play continue to play for Newcastle for another year or two, and then I think he'll return to France.
1: Um, okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, I I can't imagine like really why would Newcastle sell him. Right now, when his stock is at the lowest it has been since he came to England, um, simply because he's not been fit yeah, for true. six months now. Um, true. So yeah, you know he was once rated at seventy million by Newcastle, um, and he certainly is. You know, why would we sell him for twenty million?
2: Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um.
0: I also like – who's the – is it Kenneth Taylor, the most English Dutchman oh, yeah. of all time? Oh, yeah, that
1: weird – that guy from my ex, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I think he would be uh, – it is like, you know, cliche and whatnot, but to Manchester United. Um,
1: yeah, yeah talk about that's Lack true. He's so young, though. He's a, he's a good six. Yeah, um, he's only 20, though. So, like – yeah, I suppose Casimiro could learn from him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Is he actually Dutch?
1: Yeah, he's Dutch. He was born in uh, Alkmaar.
0: Uh, And he just has the.
1: He sounds really American to me. I feel like Kenneth Taylor is a super American name.
0: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Taylor. Um,
2: Taylor? Yeah. I just. Kenneth?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Kenneth. I think of Kenneth as an English name. Um, Interesting. uh, Yeah. I just. Strange name. Um, Yeah. It's yeah, hard yeah. to think of him as Dutch. Um, yeah. Yeah, other than that, yeah. Um, tons of, like, 20-year-old wingers getting linked to the Premier League right now. Um, like, uh, Suleymana. Um, you know, players who are going to move way too soon. Um,
1: oh, the, yeah.
0: The, yeah. Which, yeah, there's, there's tons of those types of players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Oscar, do you have any closing remarks for the podcast?
1: Oh, onwards and hopefully upwards, West Ham. That's it.
0: Okay, I'll give you two questions to end the podcast.
1: Give give them to me fast, Blake. Do it. I've
0: asked you several times so far this year, um, and your answer has changed several times. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. Is West Ham getting relegated? No. Very fair. And uh, Moyes is he walking before March first slash
2: getting sacked?
1: He's getting fired, yeah.
2: Before March first.
1: Yes, because we're gonna lose to Everton.
2: Okay, and
0: who? If you had to put money on it, who's the next manager?
1: Rapper Benitez, I
0: Oh, you love to see it. I would become. I will. I I, I
1: don't will. I don't know if I love to see it. Like I don't know. I don't know. Not after Everton. But
0: I yeah. would if he keeps you up. If Rafa Benitez is appointed and keeps you in the Premier League, I will buy you a West Ham <laughs> Rafa Benitez kit.
1: Oh, please do. That would be excellent. Um, yeah.
0: But if you if Newcastle win the Premier League... I'll buy you
1: a I'll buy you a uh, if you get top 4, I'll buy you a kit with Player slash whoever you want on the back.
0: Wow. Or yeah. Well, that's guaranteed yeah. too. You might as well order it now. All right.
1: All right. Although I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be giving money to the. Maybe I can buy you some sort of vintage. Oh, uh, I was gonna say. Something.
0: You know, even I. Yeah, like I would not uh, buy an official kit. Um,
1: I'll get you. I'll get you a West Ham shirt in return with Rafa Benitez on the back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh that'd be that'd be i think that'd be worth it um okay. okay this has been uh episode 12 of season three of the peak too early podcast Indeed. um if you enjoyed the podcast or if you didn't enjoy the podcast please mm. leave us a review email us tweet us follow us subscribe and whatever um and we will see you next week
2: um and hopefully west ham beat everton Bye.